1: The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. Nerdapalooza, the world's largest nerd music festival, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com.
2: Hi, this is Toby Philpott. I was inside Jabba the Hutt. And I'm John Coppinger. I was the clay mechanic for Jabba the Hutt, otherwise known as the Nudge Sludger or the Sludge Nudger. And you are listening to Nerdy Show.
1: Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom. From comics and video games to science and technology, if it's geeky, we've got it covered! And this episode is an episode of State of the Empire, our Star Wars speculation podcast. Hi, I'm Cap. Hi, I'm Hex. Hey, I'm Doug. I'm Tony. I'm Matt. That's right. We have, for the first time since we started calling this thing State of the Empire, we got Matt Spill, our Star Wars expert... Back on our
3: Star Wars Yay! show. That makes sense. Thanks, the maker. Jabba <laughs> Nobada. It's good to be back. Oh, it's good to have you back. Yeah, I. You know, I feel like I've been in carbonite and I just woke up. Well, even Matt gets boarded sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Last episode was a very interesting circumstance. We recorded it
2: seconds before J.J. Abrams yeah. was confirmed. Within
1: half an hour of us of us finishing recording on a Friday night. J.J. Abrams was confirmed as a director. It was completely unorthodox. And uh, <laughs> way and to
4: fucking go, J.J.
1: During that episode, we um, we acted almost as though he was confirmed because at that
2: point, speculation was so high. He it was, was all- the
1: strongest. It was mostly yeah. pointing in that direction. And
2: the f- it was for a couple of days, and he had not shot it down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so then,
1: I recorded an in- interlude and, and straightened all that information out for when we published on Monday. Whatever, it was fine. But now we're here; it's done. And I guess the biggest news is that Star Wars Episode Seven is no longer
5: 2014, but 2015. bomb bum, bum. And mm. they have altered the deal. And good, you're gonna alter it further. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever makes it a better movie, man. I don't care if we have to wait till 2020, as long as it's good.
1: Before we dive in too deep, that that funky tune you heard us introing in from? Oh, that was a rare little thing that Mark with the C, who's sadly not with us this episode, found for us. It was a cover of Laptine Neck by, I guess you could call it a band, more of a a project just for this one single called Earth with a U. And uh, Earth is actually (gasps) Joseph Williams, John Williams' son, who worked on Laptine Neck and also the Ewok song at the end of Jedi. He was a vocalist for Toto for two albums during the mid-80s. And uh, that is his crazy as hell amazing version of Laptine Neck that also kind of turns into a Star Wars medley of sorts. You'll be hearing more of that song in future episodes of State of the Empire. It's our new
2: official theme. Da, 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 da. It's, an, I,
1: it's unofficial. We haven't. It's our new unofficial theme. We haven't the tracked down Joseph unofficial. Williams and gotten to sign off on it. Yep. But anyhow, gentlemen, uh, we got some Star Wars to talk about. Yes, uh, two things in particular. Two big headlines have been buzzing. One is the continued rumors of what the topics of the Star Wars spinoff films like the the character features from that. There's been a few rumors about that, and there's also been the discussion of are the big three coming back? Harrison and and Mark and Carrie that are they has, coming back? And Billy. Billy. That D. has been well, the that, most that, entertaining. That's that's the, that's that's the, thing. the question. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Billy D. Williams
1: is, is was like the big three. I'm like, fuck the big three. Did you see Return it's of the, the Jedi? It's the big four. Eat a dick. <laughs> yup.
2: <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't think it's even a question if Billy is going to come back. I mean, the motherfucker, he does well, voicing no, the, of qu- himself. Ha- the, the question
1: is not, is, he go- is
5: the actor okay with coming back? It's, will he be asked? That, right. I just had a very disheartening thought about that. Star Trek. Uh-huh. Original Star Trek, the big three of Star Trek on the show was Kirk, Spock, McCoy. Right. In the movie, McCoy kind of gets the shaft and Uhura takes the place. Mm. Is JJ gonna give Billy D the shaft? Billy D as shaft would be great. <laughs> <laughs> i like to state that. But but <laughs> taking taking great teams and splitting them up and refocusing, uh I don't know, not in Star Wars, please. Well,
1: yeah. at the very least, there's two additional films in the new trilogy to explore the additional characters. And if we don't see any Lando in any of that, he better
5: get his own movie. He got, got, <laughs> <he> damn straight. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, Timothy
1: Zahn's got a, a book about smugglers that just came out that would scandals. make a nice... Night- scoundrels yeah yeah well, yeah also smugglers but and if, if billy yeah.
5: d turns down the chance to be in his own spinoff movie let's get donald glover to play young B- yes. Uh, Lando, Please. Uh, yes
1: <laughs> now wow well, let's while we're on the subject let's talk about what people actually have said yeah um yeah, which yeah. is just as preposterous as anything we could say really. <laughs> <laughs> but the first reports that came in were ridiculously enough a yoda film and it was a rumor that was substantiated by ain't it cool news they were like this is
5: happening i know people
1: uh um, whoa but That's since been shot down, sort of, except (laughs) that no one will actually comment on it. Didn't, it, didn't um, the
5: Ain't It Cool News also say that he heard the rumor of it was Yoda and of a
2: Jabba movie?
1: Yes, a Jabba film. And based on how they've treated Jabba from uh, Special Edition onward, I'm not interested in seeing a CGI Jabba the Hutt. No,
4: nope, thank you. Nope, <laughs> nope, nope,
1: nope. And I just gotta point out, if you were to take Ain't It Cool News and Yodify it, it becomes Cool News It Ain't. Cool News It Ain't. <laughs> <laughs> Though, if the Jabba movie was based on some of the Dark Horse comics from the mid-90s about Jabba, those are quite good. Oh, yeah. But, well, I, I
5: mean, uh, do mainstream audiences really want to watch, watch no, a giant they, they slug they talking hut? For two hours. <clears throat> well, here's it's the thing: like a job of the
2: hut movie, Toro. a job of the Hutt movie is always more about the shit that's going on around him.
5: See, if you said it's a job of the hut movie, but instead it's about like a group of assassins trying to take down job of the hut, or like a young Michael Corleone Star Wars version where he's trying to overthrow job of the hut, but ultimately it leads in failure because he ain't overthrowing job of the hut anywhere. Uh, he's a heavy that, guy, exactly. That's, w- within going.
1: within days after that rumor like hit the internet. Uh, there was something that made a lot more sense uh, as as the pair of films, which is young Han Solo and a Boba Fett film. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is all but confirmed by Entertainment Weekly, who acted like they knew shit. Yeah. They said um, several sources uh, close to the projects confirmed that this was the direction the development was taking, although each cautioned it's still very early in the process.
5: I read another article, I don't remember if it was from Entertainment Weekly, maybe it was more, more details, it just said uh, the Han Solo story would take place between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Yes. So, although it's possible that Harrison Ford could appear as a framing device, the movie would require a new actor for the lead. Right. Uh, it also said for the Boba Fett film, would take place either between A New hope and the empire strikes back or between empire and jedi and what
1: was in, about those speculations that is i feel very much the author of the entertainment weekly article simply making some the same educated guess yeah we yeah were.
5: yeah because you could just as easily say well it's boba fett why not just have it be you know <laughs> or, or, anywhere before it, yeah. and,
1: and everybody wants to you know i know the expanded universe isn't really canon anymore or whatever but uh oh. you know everybody wants boba to have gotten out of the sarlacc pit
5: and as far as we know he did yeah. so it'd be a cool opening to a movie just to see like, him climb out of the thing <clears> yeah, so that's kind of, how everyone so wants low.
6: <laughs> that's how people the want post, the movie the to post start post credit <laughs>
5: scene to return of the jedi basically which
1: <laughs> they're making these new films to cash in on how much we love the old star wars and They did suggest that maybe they would be using these side films to assemble an Avengers-like getting all together in the final thing. Which would be cool, yeah. If they formally introduced the idea that Boba Fett escaped the Sarlacc pit in this film...
5: He'd be old by now, though, too.
1: It's true, but uh, they would basically validate him being in the new movie. Mm -hmm.
5: I will say, and I actually also read another article talking about uh, speculating who would be directing a Boba Fett film. (laughs) uh now this i like this yeah it starts off you're like that's just wild speculation but the article says about a year ago joe johnston director of captain america and the rocketeer who originally designed the armor for boba fett what told screen rant when he was doing press for captain america he was asked if george lucas had seen captain america yet and he said you know if he wants to see it i would show it to him I'm trying to get George to make a feature based on Boba Fett. And, and the interviewer was like, excuse me? <laughs> like, like, I didn't even ask you about Boba Fett. And you just dropped that like, like out of nowhere? And then and he went, uh, when asked if he would like to direct a Boba Fett film, he went on to simply say, I would like to. It would be a lot of fun. I mean, he already practically did it with Rocketeer, for fuck's sake. We any- need to make the connection. I didn't know he had anything to do with Boba Fett. The man who designed Boba Fett made the Rocketeer. Yeah. <laughs> he can make a good Boba Fett movie. And, and, and he's, frankly, and he's
4: still a hot item. Mm-hmm. The Boba yeah, Fett yeah. film kind of needs to exist because, for as much as everybody loves Boba Fett, the original trilogy, he's the, kind it, of a shit character. It, it's inv- His, his oh, popularity is really
3: shit character. Yeah. It's yeah. invalidated. It needs yeah. to be validated.
4: That's, that's what I mean. It, we need something to show that Boba Fett's it, a badass. And if somebody, yeah. if you can take the badassness that was Captain America, combine it with the badassness that was the Rocketeer, and give like the experience that Captain America had. And the armor of Boba Fett, yeah. And the rocket. I, I just want to focus that this is, this is a movie with a jetpack in it again. Because <laughs> that was always the coolest part about Boba Fett, and now it's an entire movie about it? Let's yeah.
1: make that happen. Joe Johnson, please. Were it not for young Han Solo and young Boba Fett, what kind
5: of spinoff films did you guys like to see? Personally, I'm not excited about a young Han Solo. I, I think Han Solo is good the way he is if they want to incorporate him in future stories that's good but to get another actor in there to like try and recapture like where Han Solo came from doesn't really interest me as much as the, the, the Galactic Civil well, War. Well,
2: if I'm remembering correctly, a big part of Han Solo's origins is that he was he was being trained as an Imperial. Right. But he was but the but greatest
5: pilot that the Imperial
4: Academy had ever seen.
2: He ran across Chewie because Chewie was one of the Wookiee slaves building like the, uh, the Death Star or something. Yeah. He freed him. And that's why Chewie has a life debt. Well,
5: let, let me put it this way. You're going to see, hopefully, we're going to see Harrison Ford reprise the role of Han Solo in a future movie. Let me ask you, is he going to live or die by the end of it? On? Yeah. If, Hanso- if Harrison I'm going to say I'm God, gonna answer gonna for die. you, you don't know. <laughs> now, if you're going to see a prequel film starring not Harrison Ford as Han Solo, where's the tension going to be? Are him and Chewie going to be friends? I hope so. They seem to hate each other right now. It's just, I don't know where that story is going to come from. I mean, I don't know. They're not, uh, no one, you know, Cap's right. the only guy who asked me my opinion, but no one else cares. <laughs> That's I'm the inherent th- problem
4: with prequels, though, because yeah. that dramatic
5: tension is gone. Exactly. I think that you can still
4: tell a compelling story, Most but people, can't like, what? I wait, just asked wait, you, wait, what? wait. Wait, Padme had
5: twins <laughs> like you just Get like, I just down. I just asked like, oh wait, wait, who cares about the story of, of about young Han Solo? You started to explain the story of young Han Solo. I'm like, dude, exactly. A lot of people already know it. So That's if you're going to make the movie, you're going to piss a lot of people off who already think they know the story. So leave it a mystery for those who don't know. And for those who do know, let it be the thing that they hold in their heart and, and really love. And there's Although,
2: also to continue on that. What is more celebrated? Indiana Jones or young Indiana Jones? Indiana Jones. That's apples and oranges, man. The only
5: reason that I could see
4: the young Han Solo movie really working is if they are truly trying to build towards this Avengers type collaboration at the end of it to where they set something up.
2: Like an old villain or
4: something? Like an old villain or something that plays in... To episode seven did Solo. anybody
3: say jackson obscure you reference but i'm going with the giant green rabbit captain oh
1: shit one. yeah i know what you're talking about <laughs> oh man oh,
5: i've seen pictures of this on the
3: internet. um
4: yeah
1: marvel marvel comics uh, star wars yeah
4: <laughs> so so long as the movie isn't about the life and death struggle of Han Solo and how he came to know Chewbacca and how he came into stealing the Millennium Falcon from Lando.
5: But if it's just a one-note thing to introduce a villain, why make a whole movie just to do that? Because it's Thor? also
2: it's also establishing the new... Kind of feel of the Star Wars movie universe, but
5: you can you can do that with a new. Why not do that with a new cool character instead of going back and changing what we know about or don't know about? I'm Han not Solo. arguing, Mark. With but anyway, that, but that, that's just my personal reason why I wouldn't really want to see a young Han Solo. It's but, it's
1: a tough sell because yeah. ultimately it's a story that would probably be better told in a, a different medium, yeah, like a, a comic book or, yeah, or something a book, that could be yeah. serialized, something where where you can get excited game. about. Yeah, the ongoing tales of like how Han Solo of Han Solo and his reckless smuggling missions and things that went bad and things that changed his life forever.
3: That that does exist. There there was a Technically he had two trilogies, but there's one very specifically dedicated to when he was coming into his own, you know, and finding Chewie and everything. And he actually mm-hmm. had like a love of his life that he ended up losing, which explains why he's so, I guess, jaded the whole romance and that kind mm-hmm. of thing see that like that sounds cool let's not ruin it with a
5: mediocre movie
3: <laughs> i agree with that i'm a firm believer of like starting late and yeah. you know went with like in an adventure movie mm-hmm. and han is just such a cool pickup in the middle of a new hope I- I- adventures are best when you know people have had stories but you don't necessarily know most you know a lot about it. like aragorn when you pick up aragorn in lord of the rings he's clearly been through stuff but yeah. i don't need to know everything
5: yeah, and what and what you don't know, you fill in the blank with some badass stuff. Oh, yep. yeah. Now, it's about the Boba Fett thing, though, I'd be a little bit... more I'm not a super fan of Boba Fett. Like, he's cool, but I, I'm not, like, nuts about him. But I think a movie based on him would be cool because most people who are not star- diehard Star Wars fans don't really know that much about him. And if you made a film, if it took place in the original trilogy that could be kind of cool if it was like a prequel that's like that's a place that's wide open how did he become... It's the like, best
1: part is anybody can play him.
5: Yeah, and anybody can play him and you can, you know, it, does, it doesn't really matter but an extension of the universe that has nothing to do with the other movies but just a character that people really liked explore it, make it its own story and it could be really cool
4: mm-hmm. Man, I second I, that. I actually, I mean if they take it in that direction, I would love to see that Boba
1: Fett I film I want a survival mm-hmm. horror film starring Dr. Everens and Ponda Baba <laughs>
5: I want to see the struggling (laughs) biopic of Max Rebo as as a musician, just living off the streets and uh, and making his way all the way up to Jabba's palace to meet to a tragic end because he made a deal with a crime boss that, you know, he shouldn't do.
3: I want to see a David Lynch film of Salacious Crumb's life.
4: (laughs) I can't top that, but I would like to say that I want to see an adaptation of a Shakespearean play. Starring Watto, or in the Star Wars universe, where the he perches pers- Tatooine. Yeah, exactly. I want to see him. He's got like his daughter running off with somebody. He winds up killing himself at the end. That's the end of Episode
5: Three that we don't get to see. The Taming of the Tridarian. <laughs>
4: this is why I keep you around, Doug. You fill in my blanks.
1: <laughs>
4: oh, and that's not all,
1: folks.
2: It, this, I guess, this would probably it wouldn't necessarily need to be a movie, but I just want to watch it. Is basically the period of Darth Vader between. Uh, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope where he's basically hunting down Jedi. There's something to
1: re- oh, yeah, something to yeah.
5: redeem the just the shit that is Darth Vader basically, in episode three. Everything Opening I wanted in episode and, like, three whatever I wanted in episode three was Vader full suit Murdering Jedi. Yes, I want a whole that movie. That is what I want. I just want a dark movie of like the the last. You know what? Just just make just make a it's a
2: survival thing. horror. Yeah, the survival <laughs> horror of the
5: last Jedi alive
4: because being the,
2: hunted down by Vader as the we're, fucking we're saying, okay, Jason so
4: the, Voorhees the, in fucking James Earl Jones.
5: Yoda was basically the last Jedi. <sighs> yes no, like, yoda was the last jedi then luke but before that there was so obi-wan and yoda were the only two left like let's have the story of like the last three or four jedi who were like living together getting naked oh, taking no, showers like, they're,
6: they're
2: meeting like what? maybe once a year oh. and then they have to separate yeah, that way because yeah. they can't and
5: then one day they meet and one of them isn't there yeah and it's like we need to leave our the secret meeting spot immediately it's like why so-and-so hasn't shown up yet and it's been one solar day and it's like That can only mean one thing. He's found us out of here. And then, no, it's too late. You're trapped on this planet. Vader's hunting you down. And Vader is like, it's personal. So Vader's like, Stormtroopers, you wait. I'm the executor. I'm taking care of this. And so it's Vader and three Jedi on a planet. (laughs) And holy shit, you have my money. Yes.
4: And for for an example of how badass Vader can be, did any of you ever actually play The Force Unleashed?
5: I played like 20 minutes of it.
1: I know shit about it.
4: First mission is Vader on Kashuk just picking up Wookiees and chucking them. Yeah. Balls out action.
2: Oh, they're meeting on the moon of Endor just so we see a bunch of Ewoks die. And then, oh, <laughs> man.
5: And then after, he, then after Darth Vader kills the last guy, or kills the last Jedi, and is like, This would be a great place to build a battle station. <laughs> I should come back here. I'll tell Palpy.
4: <laughs> I love that he's got the nickname.
5: Vader, how was your mission? It's like, oh, it went really well. Found a good spot to build a death <laughs> bar. Oh, excellent, excellent,
1: excellent. Uh, the other big news is the big three. We've all but, you know, stated our feelings on it, which is that they're all denying it right now. But yes, they're confirmed. They simply can't say anything about it contractually. Except
5: for Carrie Fisher. Yeah, Carrie well, Fisher basically just said yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. In a way, they've all basically said yes. I have sort of a timeline here. February 20th, Mark Hemel had a big interview with Entertainment Tonight. He's got some great quotes from there. And he said, they're talking to us. There was a meeting that was postponed for us to meet with uh, Kathleen Kennedy and Michael Arndt, the script writer. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, things were coming together. Together and then he said what he'd like from the films. They are the original actors. I don't know how much they're going to be looking to what their opinions of the films right, are. Right. But uh, Mark Hamill said um, I'd want to make sure that um, the whole gang would be back. And he went on. He said Carrie Harrison, Billy D, and Tony Daniels.
2: Fuck Kenny Baker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just get a robotic trash can and now. Peter, and Peter Mayhew, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> no big. Chewie
5: is Chewie dead by that point?
2: No.
1: Well, does expanded universe count anymore? Yeah, we'll find uh, out in ooh, episode seven. So. He said he wants the films to go back to being uh, fun. He wants them to be more uh, carefree, lighthearted, humorous. In my opinion, anyway, he says, I hope they find the right balance of CGI with practical effects. Yes. And um, if they listen to me at all, it'd be lighten up and go retro with the way it looks. Yes.
2: I expect no less from Mark Listen Hamill. to Mark yeah. Hamill.
4: <laughs> he was the Joker. He will fucking
1: murder you. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Uh, February 26th, a bizarre thing happened with Carrie Fisher. She was the guest celebrity on a cruise and um, she uh, was having some kind of uh, bipolar act up and um, she was slurring a couple of off key songs and then she had her dog was on the stage and it shat and pissed all over the stage. And she spent part of this whole performance publicly cleaning up the dog's mess. There was a little do
2: we know that was actually a performance piece. (laughs) It sounds like it.
1: Um, the dog was salacious crumb. Her representative says uh, it was just a medical incident. Uh, She went to the hospital afterwards to adjust her medication. She's fine now. And, you know, that's I really like Carrie Fisher. She's got a history of substance abuse and everything, and it's very unfortunate, but she's really wonderful. But I'm worried about how much she'll be in the films because though obviously she's very willing, I feel like Disney could potentially be worried about her being a loose cannon. Hex and I were at Star Wars Celebration um, 5, and she had a talk. And it was canceled. And that was shortly after how, in the uh, opening ceremony, she was saying some hilarious jokes, but they were not necessarily family friendly. Mm. And And I worry that Carrie Fisher as a public figure might injure her appearance in the film. Well,
5: you know. She, yeah. As far as
1: I'm concerned, she can do whatever she wants. I, I I'm think just Disney
5: would be more afraid of not having Princess Leia in a Star Wars movie where you got Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, and it's like, hey, where's where's Leia? And I mean, Han Solo doesn't want to say see. something lame and sexist, like, oh, she's lady time you know we don't we don't talk to her during that time so let's just ignore her but she's here but not really wink you know so she's
4: waxing the chainmail bikini
1: i
5: don't know i just like to keep optimistic i don't want to think about the alternative
1: um march 7th lucas and this is probably the most telling thing lucas told bloomberg business week he actually it sounds like he confirmed and then misspoke and backpedaled he said uh we already signed um mark Carey and harrison or we were pretty much in the final stages of uh, the negotiation So I called him to say, look, this is what's going on. And then he backtracked and said, well, maybe I'm not supposed to say that. I think they want to announce with some big whoop-de-doo, but we're we're negotiating with them. And then he tried to cover his tracks and said... uh I won't say whether or not negotiations were successful, but, uh, you know,
2: I, I already said they were. And then I then, think then that's just i
4: going board. like plausible deniability. I didn't actually say that, but it, fucking seriously. On,
1: guys. on March 17th, Carrie Fisher was being interviewed by Palm Beach Illustrated. They asked her, can you confirm whether you'll reprise the role of Princess Leia? And her answer was simply yes.
6: There you go. <laughs>
1: and then March 20th, Harrison Ford said, I think it's almost true. I'm looking forward to it. It's not in the bag yet, but I think it's happening.
4: This has been the most so, entertaining it's like the world's worst-kept secret, essentially. Yeah, it's a,
1: Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes, it's happening. So just, you know, get used to it. The big three are going to be in the next film. That's all there is to it. Hopefully, the it's going to be the big four. Because uh, My question,
4: though, is as much as I want them to be in the movie, there's a part of me that's sitting there going, you know what? They really are
5: old. We don't know if it's going to be the whole there's movie just there's... about the... they're, they're not going to no, sit I, around. I realize it's they're... not going to be the big four playing Canasta for the whole movie. <laughs> it might, they might just be it. I would be still pay money for
4: that. <laughs> The, the It's still canasta. one of those though that you What's know it, you've got this. Savik? this they're playing Sabic. Yeah, you've got this mental image of what they're doing, what they've done in their past life, and it's kind of the same thing with the young Han Solo movie. You know, you people have this image already. People have an image of them in their
1: later years as well.
5: And, well, that's what we we only may be getting a glimpse. We not like the whole. It may not. The whole movie may not be about them. If the whole movie is about them, I'll be shocked. Yeah. And it's I would st- still those- see it. I'll I'll still be just as excited. Yeah. But I I would be I would be very surprised if the whole movie was literally about one more adventure, you know. And-
3: yeah. With with Shia LaBeouf as a, <laughs> oh, a song God damn it.
2: Don't give them any ideas.
1: <laughs> we gotta do a song break. What do you got for us, Hex?
2: Well what I have is a pretty fun uh medley by Buckethead. He, uh, a while back uh, I first come across this in 2005 it's a uh, Star Wars medley and it's wow. pretty fucking okay. epic picture Buckle him with in. one of the like
4: I picture him now instead of the bucket he's got one of the like blinder helmets on
5: <laughs> or just a Mandalorian helmet on instead or a
1: snowtrooper helmet that's bucket shape oh, you oh, a snow Yeah, you snowtrooper helmet yeah. I'm okay with that
2: One of the highlights, if not the highlight, of Star Wars Celebration Six was Star Wars Detours, yeah, which was Seth Green's project, and it sounded amazing. And, and
1: they they already released some teaser footage. of it. Oh yeah, lots
2: yeah. of teaser it footage.
6: Pretty cool. It
2: is postponed indefinitely. Yeah, uh, and, and a has,
4: million
1: people suddenly cried
4: out and were silenced.
2: And it was just <laughs> I was I was so excited to see a fun Star Wars where yeah. Ben Kenobi is this old failing stand up comedian. <laughs> It was just like a hustler on the street.
5: Because I love the Robot Chicken You all thought that was funny. Detours was like a, just a spinoff, not really spinoff, but like in the same, you know, it was a fully fleshed out. Same people involved in that. So it was right. something it I, was, was, I was excited about it was it. it
2: was taking the, the kind of like the sketch comedy and making it more of a focus on the fun characters that yeah. we were being introduced
5: to. Yeah. Then they also canceled the Clone Wars. Yeah. yeah. And not as
2: disappointed. There's, like
5: the war's uh, over. Shouldn't we be happy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> the concern with Clone Wars is that if anybody has been following it, that if Anakin's uh, Padawan doesn't die, then they do not know what happens to that character. She died. Uh, she died. Yeah, she she fucking better. Spoiler <laughs> uh, alert. But, well, which is well, a shame I because
4: I mean, as much as I don't necessarily care for the show, Ahsoka has been an exceptionally strong role model for a lot of young girls who are. Want- I mean, they've got a strong female Jedi now.
2: That's what I want for the movie now. I want the Death star the Darth Vader movie is him hunting her down to kill she,
5: her. She's the survivor, so it's like she's the last Jedi, and now it's like a real horror film where the woman's the only. She's like Sarah Connor at the end of Terminator, crawling around, except she don't get away. Nope. No, wait for it. Wait. Holy crap!
1: So here's the thing about Clone Wars. Um I don't really care for it now, Matt. We were hanging out at the Star Wars Celebration <laughs> Five, and uh, and you were telling me it was really good. And then uh, and they showed a bunch of previews for the season that was coming up, and this is a season where they debuted Darth Maul's brother Savage de Press. Oh, and my understanding <laughs> is that's where it all went downhill.
6: I
3: yeah, uh, it, it 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 uh it's redeemed itself somewhat over the last uh, season with Admiral to point- Bone
6: to pick. <laughs> <laughs> And Darth bad (laughs) guy. But it's just kind of spinning its
3: wheels now. And, you know, they're right. I mean, it's probably a good idea for them to have canceled it now. But they're leaving everything unresolved. I mean, I believe... Lucasfilm said today that they're not actually going to be able to resolve the Ahsoka. There's a couple other like plot lines available too and characters that I'm sure people will miss. I mean, the Clone Wars action figures and memorabilia sells as well as the movies do. So obviously people are going to miss it.
1: Dave Filoni, the supervising director, he promised that uh, the team was working on additional Clone Wars story arcs and uh, the press release described them as bonus content, which isn't likely to be on the show, which is weird. It's just weird. The Disney slash Lucasfilm would, uh, Intentionally disappoint at this juncture, you know. Everybody's really excited, but that's not going to make the sting any worse. Because for the last however many years, Clone Wars has been the active Star Wars thing. I don't <laughs> like it, but that doesn't mean that it's not important.
3: Um, yeah, I mean they they said a couple of days ago they're laying off most of the team, so I don't know how this bonus content is going to be of any sort of quality other than some unfinished. I, I don't. I don't like. I don't think
5: another, it's just like another symptom. They're postponing everything. You just we mentioned yeah. the Star Wars detours. Star Wars Clone Wars, uh, yeah. video games, and then they. I, another thing I forgot about, they've also announced that they're postponing almost indefinitely the 3D re-releases that they were going to do with oh, the Oh, I
2: prequels. didn't know that. Yeah,
5: they're, they're indefinitely postponing the, re- the 3D re-releases of the prequels and the original trilogy.
2: So they did Phantom, and then they stopped. Yeah. That's pathetic. The, I mean,
3: the best guess that I've seen is that Disney wants the sort of like environment that we had before the prequels came out where there was no active Star Wars... like so people ongoing are community so, so that it just it? builds this excitement
5: well also they gotta you know they gotta get their shit together i mean there's there's so much yeah. stuff that was in you know left in ruins that when they when they finally get a hold of all this stuff, like wait a minute what do we own that we don't really control that. Let's let's just put the pause button for just a little bit while we figure this out. Like we, they got to count their chickens before they hatch.
1: You know, I don't really care about detours. I think it would make a nice web series, but I feel like their reasons for suspending it or postponing it indefinitely are good because they uh, are quoted at saying they are reconsidering whether launching an animated comedy prior to the launch of episode seven will make sense.
2: Right, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was mainly yeah. excited about Detours, because it was, was like, but But the prior, there was nothing. Right, like, the only the only other uh, main, quote-unquote, mainstream Star Wars media I could consume was Clone Wars, and I tried that, wasn't for me, moved on. What if
5: they just released Detours as, like, just a DVD special, like how they did Robot Chicken? I
2: don't know.
4: I, I feel like... And the, it would just be another Robot Chicken special, just with CG
1: instead
5: but of the, stop but, motion. But, but good, like, why not it's, at that point? It's
1: not... In their interest to release an animated Star Wars self-parodying comedy mm. on television with a spotlight on it. So I think that they needed to put it in a different it, if format. You, if you sneak it out on DVD is what right. I'm saying. Yeah. And, and I definitely like, obviously people would respond to it as a web series. I mean,
2: there's no way they wouldn't. I'd Wasn't
5: there like a Lego animated movie that just came out?
2: yeah it was and it was apparently really good
5: yeah just do the same thing like with that like, no but it's also happen. it's like
2: i mean it just feels to me it's like seth green was putting a lot of energy into this and now yeah. they're just shit canning it i'm like well seth green put a lot of fucking energy yeah. into this I, another I just,
5: thing that remind me like, about the comic book situation
2: yeah everybody's like,
1: wondering what's gonna happen dark Horse has had the star wars license for like two decades now
5: well i, I read an article and have like, done
2: amazing things with it yeah
5: yeah you'd think marvel's gonna take the reins but uh, an article that i read said this it said uh Uh, The suits have now determined that no new contracts will be given to Dark Horse after the current ones expire. So all of the new projects after 2013 will be handled internally by Marvel.
2: Wow. And it continues to
5: say, It is not known yet if titles will be worked into a regular lineup or Marvel will create a special branch of the company that deals with Star Wars. It'll take a couple of years for the old deals to work their course, but the stories that Dark Horse have coming down the pipeline will be their last. And you can expect... Anything new from Marvel dealing with Star Wars to arrive around 2015.
4: Whoa. Mm. So well, really that whole pause analogy does kind of feel like it's that's what's happening.
1: But that Marvel has said...
6: Yeah, hold on. The, uh,
1: the Brian Wood Star Wars comic from Dark Horse, just, it's just called Star Wars, is one of the biggest things to happen to Star Wars since um, it's basically that and 1313, the video game. Mm-hmm. That's it. And it's great so far. Three issues in, it's amazing. Brian Wood is writing a lot of major books for Marvel right now there will be no problem with transferring that over. If it's got to, like, take a break for six months, so be it. It will pick right back the fuck up. Mm. Unless they have some kind of an agenda against it, it'll pick right back up. Uh, The thing about 1313 uh, is really bugging me, Uh, and just LucasArts in general, Kotaku had this sort of a, kind of an expose with a bunch of secret sources that have essentially said, and all but confirmed, that uh, LucasArts has put a freeze, officially a a freeze, on development since november since the sale happened
5: but this again sounds like just a, a just a whole star wars lucasfilm wide everybody pause we got to recount everything that we're doing we got to make sure does, is disney still interested in moving forward with any of these projects things like clone wars clearly no Things like detours, most likely no. They're probably looking at 1313 right now and being like, all right, well, there's a lot of buzz around this. Are we going to move forward? That's why you haven't heard about a cancellation yet. Yeah.
1: Matt and I both went to the 1313 uh, thing at E3 this past year, and it was amazing. Hmm. And they wouldn't tell us what they were running it on, and it didn't look like any currently existing hardware. So the line of thinking is, if uh, 1313 was being developed for PS4, and they've announced the PS4 already, they would have said something about it by now. So it's paused. They've been paused. They put in that that freeze. Right, exactly. There, if we don't see thirteen thirteen at E three this year, we're going to be really fucking concerned.
5: We got to go find out who put the hit on it and put it in carbonite because <laughs> it's we got to thaw that thing out man i
4: mean it sounds kind of like disney's doing what they did with marvel where i mean there wasn't a big pause with marvel but after disney purchased it
5: there was like an initial
4: stop with marvel yeah with a little word, bit you know yeah yeah but it, after that everything has been moving with a very single focus and it's been much to the betterment of that company i mean the marvel movies are all exceptionally solid the marvel lineup with what they did with marvel now is mm-hmm. it's fantastic everything that marvel is doing under the disney umbrella has been focused it's felt together it's felt tight it's like um, and i hate to use a sports analogy but it's like getting a new coach that rallies the team to all
1: move in the same direction hmm. so i don't know i don't know i don't know i don't know if we can attribute that to disney or attribute that to disney knowing they should leave marvel to their own devices
2: marvel doesn't have as sprawling an empire as star wars has and star wars itself has a very and- inconsistent
4: tone in all the stuff that was going on because you had the kind of like pseudo seriousness hence the reason why they're pausing
5: for so long
6: motherfucking
1: star wars angry birds every time I see it makes me want to throw the fuck up
6: makes you angry (laughs) doesn't it yeah it does (laughs) hate it it's
1: actually fun I don't (laughs) fucking care saying i'm gonna see a little kid wearing that shirt i'm gonna kick him in his
5: teeth <laughs> but all but it all goes back into disney's probably looking at everything that's that's coming down the pipe right now but if, if next week comes in this oh 1313 has been canceled it's like i'd hate to hear that but that would be yet another sign of disney saying do we want this yes or no and yeah. then,
1: then is this, does this match up. our vision i yeah. feel that 1313 is deaf. whether maybe it's postponed for a while or, or not it is in line With where Disney appears to be headed with Star Wars. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, doing something that feels respectful to the source material and not dealing with happy go lucky. Cool and what's bullshit. with the
5: other game the, the star wars frontline assault or whatever yeah like, uh, essentially
1: the battlefront 3 that everybody's been clamoring
4: for but, but
5: it's not that it's like the precursor to battlefront 3 so this is actually uh, a little bit complicated
1: and definitely very interesting so here's the scoop on that um and also i want to back up and say that officially officially a LucasArts spokesperson told kotaku LucasArts has been working diligently to take advantage of the tremendous opportunities that the new star wars movies present star wars 13 13 continues production allegedly
5: okay well that's not what they're
1: hearing from their sources on the inside Hmm. but what we mentioned i believe last time was that 1313 came from a project called star wars underworld which is originally a live action television series about um the underworld of coruscant then star wars 1313 was originally conceptualized as a spinoff a video game spinoff of that but because that series that television series was ridiculously expensive to make Hmm. uh, eventually the production changed and uh Lucas liked what he saw with 1313 and said, "Uh, why don't you start borrowing stuff from the show? You know, like, we're not going to get to do that. Just start throwing it in there. Good idea. Um, It was originally going to be a open world role playing game similar to Knights of the Old Republic with episodic character updates delivered regularly over DLC. Then when it was uh, scaled back, this was in the midst of a uh, a weird shakeup where LucasArts was going to allegedly reinvent itself in 2011. I don't think this actually effectively happened, but the fragments of it sort of coalesced. Attempting to make Star Wars-style games in popular genres. There was going to be a Farmville-style game. Yuck. Moisture <laughs> farm. <laughs> it, <laughs>
5: that was so exciting.
1: <laughs> yeah, thrilling. Just what I wanted to do, B.O. and Lars for a day. No, but means, <laughs> you know what
4: the cool part would be? You, know, you, you build your farm moisture, for a little while. The moisture, obviously. No, you, you build your farm up for a little while. You have your little family, and then your son goes off to save the galaxy. Then you get, inevitably, after
1: like 20 hours of gameplay, you get burned alive.
5: A baby Bantha wandered onto your moisture farm. (laughs) Share it with your friends. (laughs)
1: Jawas have raided your droids. (laughs) There was also a Call of Duty-style first-person shooter, which was codenamed Trigger. And uh, 1313 Creatively. was originally uh, codenamed Underworld, then it changed to codenamed Hive, and given platforming elements similar to Uncharted. Take um, my money! Right. And so, when Lucas got involved, he... Uh, Ruined everything. No, no, no. He, in- he, in- he encouraged <laughs> them to take stuff from the from the previously developed television project, then he offered that the game could answer questions such as, who is Boba Fett? Why was Han working for Jabba? Who were the Bothan spies? Wow! I'm down. You're just tell
5: me more. You're feeding me more good yeah. stuff.
1: And and recently in an episode of Clone Wars, it was set in Level Thirteen Thirteen of Corsant. But anyway, Trigger became Star Wars First Assault, a download game that's a very simplified first-person shooter, stormtrooper-based game that was meant to uh, basically test the waters, find out if fans were interested in a Call of Duty-style version of Battlefront. Like
5: they had to ask. <laughs> Fucking
1: seriously. <laughs> Well, it is definitely a change of format from Battlefront, ever so slightly. Knowledge of it was actually leaked. Uh, Last October, it was listed on the upcoming Xbox Live Arcade games. And then, surprise, surprise, sale happens, it disappears. It was supposed to come out this spring. It's in theory maybe even ready to go. We don't know. Um, Star Wars Battlefront 3 has been talked about for a long time. It was commissioned... And uh, the studio that developed it, Free Radical, actually claimed the game was 99% done when LucasArts killed it. And Free Radical actually
4: had a huge pedigree behind it in terms of shooters. They're the guys who developed Goldeneye. Ah. The uh, the new one, I assume? No, the classic one. Oh, really? Like, that's the team that, after they left Rare, they formed their own thing. They did the Time Splitter series. I mean, they've had a series of, unfortunately, lackluster shooters, and that's kind of what led to... Yeah, there, there's a
5: lot of he said she said going on between lucas arts and them like whether or not oh no it wasn't 99 done more like 50 you know so it depends on who you ask so but either way the point is that it's a cluster cuss like it's, oh yeah it's completely messed up overall it's like someone screwed up we didn't get battlefront 3 everyone's pointing fingers at each other and the fans have just been like well we hate you all you somebody know?
4: make something slap a battlefront 3 title on it and i will give you my money
5: well, the, don't, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> we might just well, get something what terrible because of it.
4: That's what people are saying at this point.
5: I'd rather get no battlefront than get a shitty battlefront
4: this you're one of the few at this no, point there can't are people be the only few look at reddit people take, you'll
5: take a shitty battlefront over no battlefront yes that's that, that's no, i'm not i'm not I, saying that's me i don't know i'm, I'm just like, saying that scenes out is, there
1: and if people are listening this to the discussion scene. for another time but i feel that with all the recent major league well-promoted disappointments out in the game marketplace aliens colonial Marines, SimCity. yeah i think that no one wants that anymore and i think that the video game market is going to implode if say bioshock infinite sucked
5: balls or if something big like star wars came out and it sucked like that's just one more thing that's gonna
6: <laughs>
1: yeah i'd even say the sucked. star wars is more dangerous to the game field right now than yeah, yeah the, uh, let's not go there kotaku's insider lucas arts said and this is a direct quote fans should tell disney and lucas loud and clear they don't want shitty titles from random developers they want games to be taken seriously and they will only pay for quality I believe that if Disney Lucas lets LucasArts die, it means the death of Star Wars as a storied game franchise. Wow. We got to do it, man. Petition! I don't know where to be loud, but be loud. That's that's the moral of the story. Just be loud Just
5: say, I want a good game, for God's sake. Like, what's so hard about saying I want a good game? Apparently, annual pass holders to Disneyland, a few of them started getting some emails that had surveys in them. From Disney, like official. Go on. The survey had, like, several questions. It, it was sort of testing the waters on how much you knew about Star Wars. Questions like, which uh, trilogy do you prefer? Original or uh, the prequel trilogy? <laughs> <laughs> or, or Or both or neither Uh and depending on how you answer it would go on and be like this is very interesting yeah 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 how much would you say that you know about the star wars universe and by universe we mean movies uh characters setting and place would you say you know zero nothing or ten everything you know like and you on a sliding scale one of the questions on a sliding scale of zero to ten is and i quote how interested would you be in visiting a Star Wars themed land at the Disneyland Resort?
2: 10. Shut up, take my money. Yeah.
5: Now, I need to specify. It said Disneyland, not Disney World. So a lot I'm of okay que- that. No, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but but the questions shut that up, come Kelly. up then, the, the questions then come up, uh, where would that be? Would yeah, that be a Disneyland land? Disneyland is really packed would mm-hmm. that like would that be a land are they
2: tearing down tomorrowland <laughs> right
5: or would it be another park because they built the california adventure is there space there oh, there's please really not destroy a lot of space
2: california adventure
5: but they, they but california adventure just had like a, recently just had like a billion dollar overhaul so they're not going to throw that out anytime soon
2: man we should it was such a piece of shit
5: now if people get vocal and say well hey the Disney World area still has a huge amount of land unused if the response is strong enough to say, because they're, th- they're probably thinking about Harry Potter land, like, take a little land, tuck it in there with the Star Wars, you know, just a little spot maybe, but if people are vocal enough and they want to park, it's within Disney's power to make a Star Wars theme park.
4: And let's face it, with as much marshland as they have there, you don't even really need to
5: just say it it's just Exactly, A, it's a sign that says by, and then just walk in there.
4: <laughs> that's not a mosquito, that's a Musquat
5: Nihal. It's an alien mosquito. Shut up.
4: There were snakes on Dago. <laughs> we got
5: an Imagineer in our hands here,
2: guys. <laughs> the
5: future man. A Star Wars Imagineer, I'll take that. <laughs> Clearly they're testing the waters, not just in terms of like, well, what's already out there,
2: but, uh, they're, ch- but, they're reaching out can to people we that already yeah. consistently give them money. Yeah. I am.
5: Yeah. I'm going
4: to laugh when star Wars does get its own theme park in Disney world as universal just becomes a ghost town for like a year.
5: Well, uh, you know, don't let's not slouch on the, the power of, of, you know, of Harry Potter now, you know, it's no, and uh, I realize that, but Harry Potter hasn't had anything
2: new. In a while. And, we're and a by a while, you're in 2010. Like it's been a while. Do we know what the state of Marvel in Universal is? Uh,
1: yes, actually. I know a little bit of something about that now. Recent conversation that I had. Essentially, when Marvel made their contract with Universal, it was when Marvel was bankrupt. And uh, they have a, a contract that lets Universal take full advantage of them. However, nothing can't be undone with money. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously that's a major conflict of interest for uh, disney they don't want their shit represented in universal parks and i'm sure universal despite the fact that it's a draw for them they probably don't want it either so uh because in the end brand they're still confusion, giving
2: money to disney mm-hmm.
1: yeah well i'm actually not sure that they are for that park it may actually be an exception what i've heard is that contract however applies only to florida So Disney could make a Marvel park anywhere else. Obviously, they would want to do it in Florida because that's where the room is to do it. Right right across the Georgia border.
5: Take the Marvel thing, put it in Disneyland, much the same way that there's a Marvel land in Universal. So you can keep a small space for Marvel in Disneyland. And for Disney World, you got all that space.
1: They've gone small with Star Wars already. We have Star Tours. Obviously, you don't want to do a half step. You want to do a full step. Like, a wing of a park is not enough, because everyone knows good and goddamn well, Star Wars can support an entire theme park Yeah, the, tr- to,
4: the train could pull into an at-at,
1: and you get out the side. I Imagineer, like right here. <laughs> we need we need to do a song break, Hex. What you got for us?
2: Well, our good pal DJ RoboRob, back in 2007, was in a group called Robotronica, his synth-pop band. And uh, they kind of did a tribute to Star Wars, entitled, creatively, Star Wars. That I think is <laughs> is, is going to be uh, rather apropos at this moment, so I think I'd like to play that. The force will
6: be with you always.
7: We're too
3: close.
6: Stay on target.
5: that song i dug it i dug it so anyway another interesting thing about disney and the theme park stuff is what they've been doing with their film franchises disney obviously owns star wars Uh but disney owns rides obviously in their parks but they're also making films about those rides yeah there's gonna be a lot more movies based on rides coming out some maybe that you haven't heard about i want to name a few okay oh dear lord I mean, I was excited about the Guillermo del Toro Haunted Mansion. I think that's
2: on hiatus
5: forever.
1: Yeah, Ooh. maybe. but uh, That but is
2: much better than a Haunted Mansion with yeah. Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah now yeah, yeah, but here,
5: here we go. First of all, kind of obvious, A Fifth Pirates of the Caribbean is in the works.
1: Uh, yeah. uh, no one wants that. I okay. no. In
5: 2011, Disney started to move forward with a project called The Hill, which is supposed to be based on the Matterhorn ride at Disneyland. Neat. Okay.
4: There
2: is an, oh, like the Matterhorn is actually based off an old Disney movie. I forget exactly what it's called. but Escape from Witch Mountain. No, it's not. <laughs> But it's uh, it, there, there's a Rabbit and all no, that. No, okay. no, that's flash Mountain. I don't rem- I now, remember the Song Mountain. of
5: the South. Yeah. Now, <laughs> <I know that. laughs> Brad Bird was directing a movie called 1952. Yeah. But that was just like the code name for it. The real name of the movie is called Tomorrowland. Oh fuck. And it's starring George Clooney. Oh, oh shit. George Clo- <laughs> Now, no one's really said if it's for for sure about Disney's Tomorrowland, but dude, Disney's Tomorrowland Sle- Brad, Brad with Bird, Sle- Brad George Brad Clooney Bird. in there with Brad Bird. You got my money already. Yeah. pretty much. Oh wow. shit. Wow. Uh, David Fincher was in talks at Disney to direct a remake of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah. Oh, God. He's had an interesting slate of films that have not seen the light of day, including
1: an adaptation of the graphic novel Black Hole. Not the film, but mm-hmm. the graphic novel. Do want. We'll uh, see if it happens.
5: Uh, you know, Cap already mentioned, uh, Guillermo de Toro was tapped to possibly uh, direct a film based on The Haunted Mansion, like a reboot of the whole franchise, make it start from scratch. Do want. Which would be amazing. I really hope they do that. Have, have you guys heard about this book series, an official book series? series that disney owns called the magic kingdom no no basically this is this is gonna make it sound dumb but it's actually supposed to be very good it's night at the museum in magic kingdom kids, No, that sounds amazing kids get stuck in the magic kingdom after hours and the rides come to life okay and they just Eight. go on an adventure. And there's several books in this series. And they're, they're supposed to be good for like young adults and children. That
2: sounds kind of like akin to a, like Page Master. Kind of, yeah, yeah, but because you're going through the different lands. Yeah,
5: and the, and the it's supposed to be really good for kids and young adults. Supposedly they've tapped John Favreau to direct a film based on that. <laughs> what? Oh yes. I, I'm
4: getting Zathura flashbacks.
3: And uh, Michael Shabone, I think is how you pronounce yes. his last name. The He's the one writing the screenplay for the movie. Yeah, that's I what I, mean, that's what know, I read he did too. Yiddish Policeman's Union, and that's just really good credits for... A Magic Kingdom film.
1: And exactly. I, I'm under the impression there was actually a
5: Jungle Cruise film. Uh, now, yeah, film. There, there, that was way back. Uh, I, uh, Tom
3: Tom Hanks. So this was a number of years ago. Yeah, uh, it was Tom Hanks and Tim Allen in a live action film, but nothing's yeah. been said about it since the initial announcement. Oh, okay. yeah.
5: And that, that was that was literally like fresh off of the first Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, really? I didn't realize it was that old. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty old. But uh, apparently they got very serious in development. They were working on a story. They couldn't get a story that they liked. And it's gone dead silent since then.
6: Hmm,
1: that's some cool Disney stuff. That yeah. that is actually really awesome except Brad for the Bird. Fifth Pirates of the Caribbean yeah, movie. Yeah, man, they just got to stop. They just got it was great. Just like let it at least let it sit for a while. Come on. Ugh. Fourth
4: was just so weak. I didn't pay for it. I wanted my money back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. You guys know it's coming. You guys know about it. We got to do Willow Watch. Before we do Willow Watch, I want to give a shout out to some of our supporters. We're a listener funded podcast and, you know, we couldn't do this without you guys. We couldn't speculate on Star Wars and drop some truth bombs on your brain meats without <laughs> your help. Thank you, everybody. You guys have been extremely generous in March. I mean, holy crap. We funded the Jamela Puppet. We're over $1,000. That hasn't happened in a while. What um, the shit? It's really, um, for a grassroots podcast with no backing whatsoever, aside from our fans, that no real is advertising. really yeah. incredible. You, impressive. You know, <laughs> most impressive. Most impressive. I, well, Everything we're building, we're building with you guys and with you in mind. And so this is really flattering and really wonderful. So the people who've, um, who've supported us recently, Joe Barda, he said, uh, Sorry I don't have more to donate, but here's what I got. Loving the book club segments. Thanks so much for all you do. Thanks so much for all you do, Joe Barta. Yeah, Uh, you sound like Big Barta. (laughs) She's a cool lady. Korik, this guy, this guy's serious business says, love the nerdy show podcast network. I'm a long time listener, but just now I'm able to donate to the cause. And he donated enough money to earn a microsode. That's a hundred dollars right off the back. He knew he wanted a microsode. So he said for the microsode, I'd like a doctor who episode for my significant other, Samantha. Oh, Samantha, we're going to make that happen. It's going to happen. And uh, he said, hard mode, Record the podcast in the personas of the D&D heroes. I'm going to say right now, <laughs> that's unlikely. <laughs> I just don't know if that's going to make sense. But What may- are Jamila's thoughts on Doctor Who? I don't
0: even know what that is.
1: <laughs> How about you, V-Mac?
4: Uh, what do you some, think?
0: There's some man who, who transports us behind a blue door, but... Uh,
5: <laughs> V-Mac I'm... just shakes his head.
4: <laughs>
6: <It's> like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who? <laughs> Precisely.
1: <laughs> Thanks for many, many hours of entertainment, everybody. You make my long days at work tolerable. And, and, and as though that weren't enough, dude saw an opportunity, swooped in, scored another microsode, and uh, that's, that's a com- stone, completely different topic altogether. Uh, he said, uh, thought I'd add an extra $75 to meet the $1,000 stretch goal, and uh, he's requested a microsode about the Game Series Monster Hunter. Yeah! <laughs> dude. They can tell that uh, uh, that's a response he uh elicited a response from you
4: oh absolutely no just first off he's a fucking boss yes and second (laughs) your nerdy interests
1: sir and my nerdy interests are in sync though not in a justin timberlake kind of (laughs) way so we got those stacked in the microsodes list very very cool you man uh thank you so so much andrew bogue said love the podcast and a big fan of pokeballs of steelix and dungeons and doritos episodes keep doing awesome stuff we totally
5: will the more you give the more
1: you get. And and Hex, I don't know if you have you you seen the we've got some people joining the forum simply to say that they love Pokeballs of Steelix and want more of it.
2: That is awesome.
1: Kind of demanding it monthly. I I let him know that if we did Pokeballs monthly, we would have to not do something
2: else. Pretty much. Yeah. I'm kind of in charge of two other podcasts aside from Pokeballs of Steelix. And if if you want me to stop one of those (laughs) and I can't stop Alan,
1: (laughs) (laughs) we will never take a year off of Pokeballs ever again. So you got that promise at least. We'll, we'll, we'll try, damn it. We'll try.
2: And I got I got the next episode planned out. And we just need to figure out time. That's the difficult part. <laughs> Big next Bad episode. Shadow Man
1: threw down five bucks for the new Ghostbusters episode.
5: Nice. I'm glad he, glad he likes it.
1: <laughs> Brent Richard said, huge fan of the latest Dungeons and & Doritos and Derpy Show and Balls of Steelix and regular Nerdy Show and Nerdy FM. Shut up and take my money. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anytime. Well, that's like... the
4: end of the episode, everybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and of course, we got to you know let you guys know, if you don't know about Nerdy FM, go to nerdy.fm. It's 24-7 nerd music. If you like what we play on the show, we play a hell of a lot more of it there.
4: You can even see there's some videos from Megacon of Cap and I jamming out to it, and it was... Yeah, we,
1: we may have hosted a couple uh, spontaneous dance-offs in the, uh, in the Megacon showroom.
4: And they were, they were epic.
1: Yeah. I believe is the term. Well, guys, it's time for Willow
4: Watch. Willow,
6: Willow Watch!
5: chosen for some serious willow watch
1: if you guys listen to the latest episode of nerdy show book club then you'll know that i read the novelization of willow and i said oh i would love to talk about it now but i gotta save that for willow watch i I read it you know as kind of a morbid curiosity it is a a novel by waylon drew based on a screenplay by bob dolman from a story by george lucas that's a lot of degrees of separation there (laughs) so i thought oh this will be an interesting train wreck perfectly good book and as far as uh Me looking for insights into the world of Willow, I found a lot of insights in this. Really? Yeah, I got a lot of notes. What we have here, as I interpret it, this novelization is based on the screenplay and a whole Bible's worth of notes. It amounts to a three hour version of Willow uh, with a far more epic scope than the film was able to do within budget constraints. I'm sure that. A lot of these things didn't really make it to any kind of, you know, shooting script or anything. Um, I
4: didn't know this, but I'm a trivia nut, so I turned to IMDb for everything that they could tell me about it. And it turns out that
1: Willow actually has sequels in the form of books. Yeah, no, we've talked about this, actually. They're written by Chris Claremont, yeah. famed uh, X-Men scribe. And so? I, I spoke with him about them at Megacon. <laughs> I haven't read any of these books, but in the near future, um, we may pull him on the show and talk to him about the uh, Willow sequels. Awesome. Oh
6: yeah.
1: Um well, the other big thing that happened, this is this all ties in together, so bear with me here. Willow came out on Blu-ray. Yeah,
6: of we, course. We, oh, d- yeah.
1: we demanded it
2: and it happened.
5: <laughs>
4: and
2: it's <laughs> it's
5: excellent. It's marvelous.
2: You're welcome.
5: <laughs> it
4: was
2: that's all, why
5: that's why we're now shifting demand to a mad Mardigan spin off. <laughs> <laughs> it was all because
1: of Willow Watch. We'll take Mardigan for it. And and, and,
5: and a and a uh, spin-off.
1: That's right. So the biggest thing about this Blu-ray, as you may remember from previous State of the Empire episodes Deleted scenes, deleted scenes with some crazy stuff that I knew were considered, but I didn't know that actually made into the film. Stuff that showed up in um, the Marvel Comics adaptation of Willow, and uh, stuff that I'd heard talked about, like a scene with a fish boy that was trippy. Yeah, yeah. And Uh, uh, A subplot with Sorsa's father. The DVD features are good. They featured it's got two featurettes from the previous DVD edition. uh, A piece about um, morphing software and how Willow basically pioneered it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. more or less that's great and then there's also a a featurette that was like a probably made for tv on hbo behind the scenes thing it's okay it's very much of its time and it's far less a in-depth behind the scenes featurette than i would wish for
4: though if you miss the guy who did the inner world he does narrate it so
5: i love that that, that, that the his his narration of that little behind the scenes thing started with in a time of endless sequels and spin offs and unoriginal ideas, comes Willow. I'm like, that sounds a lot like now, which is why we need a sequel to Willow now. Exactly. <laughs>
1: The features that actually are brand new and are wonderful: deleted scenes, all uh, narrated and introed by Ron Howard, and uh, a video diary that Warwick Davis did. He was uh, seventeen years old when he made Willow, and he was filming constantly. But he was seventeen. He was seventeen years old. Yep, I think he even turned eighteen during production.
5: What he was... has got some acting chops. Yeah, I did not know he was that young.
4: In fact, George—I mean George Lucas—wrote the movie for him. He was so impressed when
2: working with him on, on Star Wars. Like, I
5: knew he was young during Return of the Jedi. I just never did the math. I never figured out how old he was supposed to be. That's awesome.
3: Yeah, no, he was, yeah. yeah. Cap, I, I have a question. What you got, Matt? From reading the novelization and seeing these deleted scenes, would you say it is more convincing now that the planet that Willow takes place in is possibly <laughs> part of the Star Wars universe after all?
1: Um, I, I would say that it's not impossible. I, uh, the... I, where are you getting this from? This is blowing my mind.
3: <laughs> this, no, this, this is from a couple like, couple years ago. The StarWars.com April Fool's joke was that Willow was being established as part of the Star Wars continuity. That's a planet <laughs> that takes place, you know, that that exists in the Star Wars universe, and that a lot of the magic that took place in it was actually an aspect of the Force. Well,
1: okay, then definitely not. Because the, the the fact is that Willow's magic is far more akin to actual magic magic than... The, the whole uh, force push telepathy stuff. I mean, transmuting matter, Willow, especially in the book, there's a scene where um, when Willow has to create the life spark to transmute uh, Finn Rizal, he actually is creating a potion. In the book, it's more complex than he's mixing some stuff up that Mad Mardigan says stinks and then Finn Rizel bites him so he can rub his blood on the wand. Um, well,
3: like, it could be Sith alchemy. They were, they were alchemists. <laughs> it's actually the Sith. It's a dark, dark Sith secret.
1: Okay, so I, well, I mean, there's there's a lot of expanded universe magic elements like the Force Witches and all that. Stuff I don't really know about. I suppose it's, if if that works, if they cast spells, if they do stuff like that, sure, I guess. Willow is EU. <laughs>
4: I gotta say, one of my favorite deleted scenes from the Blu-ray is the explanation yeah. as to where the third acorn went. Yeah, yeah the, the fish that was seat, something yeah. that I was, I not even the fish scene, I just want to know where the fuck that acorn was.
1: He gave him three, he only used two. We just didn't use the third one.
5: It fell if he dropped it in the water.
1: No, I mean, I mean, in the actual final cut of the film. Yeah, where yeah, yeah. Where that scene doesn't exist. He wanted exist. to use it to get stoned later. Eh? Oh, eh? God, Tony.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I actually remember growing up watching Willow, and in the end, I mean, my dad and I, we loved the movie. We watched it countless times, but every time when Willow would throw the acorn and uh, uh, Bathmorda would catch it in her hands or stone, it's like, oh man, actually—is it really going to have an effect? And then she just sort of shakes it off. My dad goes, Now why didn't he throw the rest at her? Let's throw the rest at <laughs> her other hand. And then what's she gonna
6: do? I'm like, That's a good idea.
5: Why'd you do that? Now we know. Now we can't now now we know why I can't. Fish
1: boy. That fucking fish, fish boy without a doubt the fish boy scene takes the cake for all the deleted stuff i didn't actually we mentioned this last episode i didn't realize they filmed the damn yeah, thing
6: yeah uh, and it almost
4: killed
1: warwick davis because he's not a strong swimmer when they're at the fishing village and uh, willow's about to go to the island where finn has been exiled he encounters this weird boy who tells him not to take the boat out and then the island the, is cursed you'll the, never make it the boy disappears boy comes back when he's got finn Rizal on in the boat and he's got crazy teeth and webbed hands, and he then Willow knocks him back, and then all of a sudden, oh my god, it's a fish. A big a big fish. A um, scary fish. <laughs> and it, it, it failed miserably. They edited the scene together with what they had. Oh, it does not look good. Hmm. Uh, uh, according to Ron Howard, they were
4: experiencing a lot of the same problems that Steven Spielberg experienced with Jaws, where they just could not get the fish
1: to look convincing. I really like what the scene has to offer. Reading it in the book, I can tell that there were a lot of things that needed to be different. Um, maybe it's just the book's ambiguous, but... Uh, the kid turns into a, a man sized fish. In the book, I think it's uh meant to be a much bigger fish, like a right. like a swallow the boat kind of a fish, which Willow happens to turn it to stone with the acorn. Uh and, and the plot with Sorcha's father in the novel, really well played out. The actual final result where she like she sees her father imprisoned in the courts and all that, cheesy, bad, not yeah, good. You
5: can see why they cut it out, yeah.
1: He's back he's like Sosha, I'm alive in the book. Help me. And, and he and he's just hanging out like in the court of lean mm-hmm. Um in the book, she wanders into his chamber and uh she's kind of like blacked him out of her memory and then she sees him and he's still as young as he was when Bavmorta transmuted Tearasleen. Mm. So he's still got her red hair. He's still as she remembered him as a child. And that dialogue's there, but it's kind of in like a maybe like she hears it in her heart or her mind rather than he's like literally uh, talking. like
6: yeah
5: i'd imagine that that was due to budget constraints because you're not you have to build a throne room right and you know and then have her come in just for the one scene you're going to build a whole throne room just to have her walk in there and have a, a thought conversation you know for a subplot you know makes sense
1: yeah now
4: Cap, out of curiosity
1: does the novelization go into mad martigan anymore at it, all yes it does yes it does but look before we get into that when we veer off into the book conversation Let's conclude the DVD conversation. As you guys might remember, Mark with a C dropped a truth bomb on us last episode. Motherfucker never saw Willow. He was pretending this whole time.
4: Son of a bitch.
1: So the Blu-ray came out and he watched it. And uh, he recorded a uh, little thing that we're going to play for you play now.
7: now. Hello to all inhabitants of the People's Republic of Nerdy Show. This is Mark with a C. And I can't apologize enough for my absence this week on State of the Empire. Sometimes life gets in the way. You know how it goes. But I am fulfilling a promise here. As uh, many of you might remember, on the last episode of State of the Empire, I admitted to a major nerd faux pas, which is the fact that Even though I'm a huge fan of almost everything George Lucas has ever done or been involved with, I've never seen Willow. What's up with that, right? I don't know why I never got around to seeing Willow, and I think it may have just been more like, by the time it came out in 1988, I was 10 years old, I was looking forward on the horizon, I was a big fan of music, and I was going, ah, you know, Willow, that looks like it's for kids, and I think maybe that's why I never got around to seeing it. While I knew it existed, I never really heard people mention, Mark, you've gotta drop everything and see Willow. It, it had just never come up, so the excitement that I was uh, experiencing on Nerdy Show And State of the Empire, well, I played along with it when we did Willow watch, and he's like, Disappearing Piglet. I'm going, yeah, (laughs) Disappearing Piglet, because I've uh, totally seen Willow, but I hadn't, and uh, I came clean about it, and I promised that I would watch the new Blu-ray version that dropped on March 12th. They gave it a real spit shine, and I'm here to give you my thoughts on it, because I did exactly that. I watched the Blu-ray version, and I've got to say, well, I do get what the buzz is about. Let's say I'm a little younger than I am, right? Let's say I was like five or six in 1988 when Willow comes out. I'm a fan of Return of the Jedi. I'm a fan of those Ewoks movies I've seen on TV. I'm a fan of Empire Strikes Back. I'm a fan of A New Hope. I've seen, you know, the droids cartoons and the Ewoks cartoons on TV. I dig all that stuff, but I have not been able to experience a Lucasfilm extravaganza in the theater i think being overwhelmed with it on a big screen and this huge very well imagined universe you know smacks me in the face and i'm all of a sudden rooting for people that are just about my height and the protagonist is a baby you know i think i can watch this at that age and go this is totally the movie for me this is the movie i want to see there's magic and there's killer fight sequences I can see having my head torn off seeing it in the theater when it was new, when I didn't have any expectations. However, now that I'm a 35-year-old man watching Willow for the first time, I can say it was incredibly enjoyable, but it did not shake up my world the way that I expected, and maybe that's because, oh, you know, quite a bit was made of it here on State of the Empire. I have nothing negative to say about it. That might surprise some of you because, well, a lot of you know that I like to complain here and there. I've really got to say that I wasn't expecting Warwick Davis to actually be such a fucking good actor. I mean, he actually displayed a range of emotions. Now it did get on my nerves. Sometimes he would try to sound like he really needed help and he was yelling the impassioned cry of Mad Mardigan and it kind of sounded like a lunch lady asking me if my baked beans were good and why not. I can also say that I've had a long track record of being annoyed to my very core by Val Kilmer, and maybe this is because the first movie that I remember ever seeing him in was The Doors biopic, where he played an acceptable Jim Morrison, if you think that Jim Morrison walked around acting like a portrayal of Jim Morrison all the time. But his role here as Mad Mardigan, I found him more than acceptable and, frankly, quite enjoyable. I was expecting a lot of the special effects and the imagery in the sets to look incredibly dated, but that wasn't the case at all. It actually, on this new Blu-ray transfer at least, looks like it could have been filmed yesterday. I think it's the definition of what could be a timeless film. People of all ages can probably enjoy this until the end of time. And hey, even though those brownies kind of annoyed me here and there, there was some well-needed comic relief during some moments that kind of felt like they might have started to drag or possibly some fight sequences that were just going on a little bit too long for my taste, but I have a short attention span. What are you going to do? My favorite art form is pop songs. So in summation, while uh, Willow didn't blow me away, I don't think it was designed to blow me away. The fact that a children's film from 1988 could be enjoyable for two hours and six minutes with absolutely no lulls, no characters I can't stand, no actors or actresses that I'm not into, no real dated effects. I mean, it was just enjoyable all the way around. I don't think I can give a much more positive review than that. Fellow hosts of State of the Empire, thank God we're doing Willow Watch, because otherwise, I might have never gotten around to seeing Willow. Thank you all so much, and I'll see you next episode. And uh, back to the show now. Cap, cut me. Why am I still on? Yep.
5: (laughs) Very well put.
7: Yeah, I got to give you guys a
4: similar thank you for doing the Willow Watch because it, it, you guys put me back on the track of kind of tracking this movie. And when the Blu-ray came out, it gave me an opportunity because I haven't seen it for years and I didn't uh-huh. realize it's a slightly personal story about this. But my father introduced this movie to me. My parents had a lot of these old movies on VHS and that was how I was introduced to Star Wars and all this stuff. A few years back, my dad passed away. And I haven't watched this movie since he passed, so watching this movie, it brought back this rush of memories of watching it with him and the little asides he would make to me as we were watching this film together, and it was incredible. This movie truly is timeless. It truly is magic, and it was a time capsule that brought me back to when I was a lot younger and when Warwick Davis was right on my level. So thank you guys for doing this.
5: It's the power of movies, man. That's yeah. why we're doing a thing about Star Wars. That's why we're doing it all on Willow. It's- <laughs> you know, you, know you, you think we're making fun of Willow? No, I fucking love Willow. No, I did. I, I didn't realize that Kevin Pollock
4: was one of. I didn't realize that Kevin Pollock was one of the brownies. You yeah. didn't
5: realize, yeah? Because again, I was,
4: I was, I was not yeah. actor Tony when I was watching Willow before. I knew Val Kilmer, I knew Warwick Davis, but that was it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, I know that little guy. I'm mm. the usual suspect. Yep. You're the guy who almost looks like Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I watched Willow for the first time in a long time after reading the, the novel because I read the novel and I was like, all that felt right. I know there was some, there was some stuff that I know. I know it was different. But there was a lot of stuff I was like, is that how it happened? And then I watched the film and the first time in ages. And uh, but might I add, the Blu-ray transfer is gorgeous. It's oh, dear really God. gorgeous. I mean, maybe you can tell the brownies are... Are like composited just a little bit more than normal, but otherwise the special effects
4: pretty really. good. Yeah. And let me just, yeah. let me just touch on something that was on one of the special features that is kind of a lost art these days with oh, the matte paintings. The matte paintings, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Don't be fooled by the amazing video where Warwick Davis and Val Kilmer discuss the features on the uh, Willow Blu-ray. And if you haven't seen it, it's hilarious, and I highly recommend it. They're like, oh yeah, and, and matte paintings. No, this matte paintings feature. It is short, but it is awesome.
4: It's a lost art of filmmaking, where instead of this complicated CG background that filled everything in, they had a, an artist, an actual true painter, artist, yeah. go in and create this thing, and then they blended it and seamlessly in my dad, with the film. actual
1: matte paintings are enormous. Yeah, and it's,
4: it's, I mean, there were points you don't even yeah. realize, especially because you know they filmed in New Zealand, you know what New Zealand looks like from the Lord of the Rings movies, there's this final crane
1: shot at the end of the movie. That looks like it was just, you know, another New Zealand shot. Nope, matte painting. Matte paintings with different uh, film compositing in it. It's a really cool thing to see the process. Don't ignore that feature. It's a great feature.
5: I think we're basically just saying it's a, it's a watershed moment of visual effects and, yes. and fantasy films in general. It all can be traced back to that.
1: Watching the film again, what it had become in my mind was much bigger than what actually ended up on the film. And Ron Howard admits it's kind of quaint by today's standards but they were definitely if if this novelization if it can be attributed to um to be the vision of willow this is on the level of peter jackson's lord of the Rings. it could have been that if technology and budget allowed it to be i suppose and also timing that's awesome and that just speaks leagues for what willow has to offer should there be a willow sequel for example i'm gonna quick get the rundown Get some blood pumping in here. Let you guys know about the weird shit that m- could have possibly been in Willow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with some uh, some bullet points. Trolls. We know trolls. They, uh-huh. they climb all around Lean when it's all destroyed. Uh, they work in Nokmar and they can speak.
5: Holy shit. Oh boy.
1: They're like servants. They're like low-grade slave like, like servants. The tr-
5: like the uh, orcs in Lord of the Rings, basically?
1: Yeah. There's. I don't know if this is either like a race of people or a clan or something. They're called poas. And they're these bald, tattooed, disgusting guys. Um, in the book, they actually camp out at the um, Daikini Crossroads, the, the Nelwyn party. And uh, these, these Poas come up and they find a skull and kind of play football with it a little bit. And then they, uh, they see Mad Mardigans in the cage and they light him on fire. And, what? And, and, then, what? and then Nelwyn's the Nelwyn's, and he's got all these like rags on him. He's like screaming. The Nelwyn's put him out. And they're, they're also in the tavern scene as well. I don't know what they are, but they're these like brutish, awful people creatures. Mims, Willow's daughter. She has um, premonitory dreams. She's got these drawings of a two-headed dragon, and she, te- she tells Willow that he's going to be away a long time. it's like, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be right back. I just gotta tra- give the baby the first Dakini I see. And she's like, no, you won't. And uh, so there's I something in with there. him
5: being like a sorcerer. It's like in the bloodline or whatever. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: I, I mean, maybe they cut it out because the Mims actress, she was a she was very a very or, bad child actor.
5: Or it's three minutes of who cares. Yeah,
1: <laughs> The Ebor sick which is the uh, the name of the two-headed dragon the name of it is a, a mashup of Siskel, Siskel and Ebert. Ebert. yeah um <laughs> it was placed in the moat by Bavmorda as another trap for Tira's lean um the tra- the transmuting the troll into it it's for I mean, the film it, it looked it looked great but it was for the film and both those scenes happen the troll turns into jelly and Willow kicks it in the moat and then the Ebersick wakes up. It's better in the film, but it's hmm. interesting that they almost described the Ebersick like, like a Cthulhu, like an, a, a creature so old and Bab made it sleep. That there. would been freaking awesome. Um, slight like, point. Apparently
4: the design of the dragon was based on Ron Howard's brother.
1: Yeah. I not that's, that's not a nice thing to say that's to somebody weird.
5: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, when Willow's like on my farm, we have gophers, and he talks about how they need to hide in the pits and all that. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was actually hedgehogs. It was hedgehogs in the book, which makes more sense. It's a you know medieval European setting. Where did the hell the gophers come from? It's a, it's a weird throwaway line, mm. but an odd choice. General Kale is described as a face thickened and brutalized by savagery, a face scarred and broken, a face beyond all pity. Now, underneath that skull mask, Kale is not a looker. He is not, however, horrifically deformed. Right, no. right. And the High Aldwin wields some serious magic. He likes to make grand entrances. And when he shows up before the Nelwyn party leaves, like they're next to a bunch of standing stones and stuff, he's actually melded into the stone. He comes out and says a funny thing about it's cold and then drinks some mead and offers it people like he's he's <laughs> like just transforming the things and poofing in and out of stuff. Weird. Yeah. Tirislene, it's established as being a city so beautiful and perfect that no one believes it was it existed anymore, um, though it was only hidden from the world a generation prior, because you can imagine that uh, Tirislene's banishment from people's minds is as old as Sorsha is, uh, because Sorsha's father is the king of Tirislene, and Bavmorda is in fact her biological mother. Um, Ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, tears lean is meant to be far grander than it was in the film I mean in the film you get like a courtyard a very quaint castle uh, I guess they just didn't have the budget for it it's yeah, meant to be yeah. big it's meant to be like the th- Gondor like Gondor big yeah, yeah. yeah. Elora she's tapped into what they call the mystery which is like all of magic itself and she is, in fact, as our other sorceresses, looked over by animals. Animals are, are drawn to her. when she's flowing down the stream, like, animals help her. And at one point after the uh, cart chase, a doe comes when she's hungry. And actually offers her her milk. And then Laura Dannen nurses on a doe. This is some badass fantasy stuff right here. Like this is like real deal. Yeah. Oh yeah. The ritual of obliteration. They always just call it the ritual in the movie. It's actually described by Chalindria. This is a line, a throwaway line that should have just been in the film because it would have made the stakes and even Bav Morda's demise make a lot more sense. The ritual is the wiping out of all you were since the earth began. Of all you are of all that you have been so that's why they need to keep the baby alive that's why they have to do the ritual because it completely eliminates Alora dannon from existence thereby xing out the prophecy from ever having so happened. she could never be born again and still rise up exactly jesus speaking of the prophecy the prophecy was delivered by finrazel to bavmorda prior to their sorceress's duel which inevitably banished fin Mm-hmm. following meeting chalindria the fairy goddess Willow and the Brownies see the battle that wiped out the Galadorn troops. They're wandering back. They end up like right on the threshold of this battlefield within a stone's throw from Kale. And uh, they actually see the battle kind of get caught up in a little bit of it. And uh, it reinforces the stakes a little bit and uh, and maybe even plays out more gruesome than the PG rating would have allowed for. Uh, And definitely a shot that is short and unnecessary for the overall story. And complicated, so it made sense they cut it. But as you can see, the scope of Willow could have been much grander. Oh, absolutely. Um Volknar, the leader of the nelwyn Guard, has been beyond the Daikini Crossroads. He tells them in a campfire scene that he went in search of Tirasline and he never made it there, but he did adventure all around the world and even to hang out with some elvish metal workers up in the mountains where they crossed through to go to Tirasline. And um they gave him an elven ring that has on it the same symbol as on Alora Danon's arm.
5: He's like the surrogate Bilbo Baggins, then I guess. I
1: guess so. I mean, he's like he's, a little, he's a little bit an actual adventurer, not a reluctant adventurer, but like someone who actually embraced. Went on an adventure to the tall people land, came back with a ring. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <So> it's like <laughs> sure, and maybe that's why they cut it. I don't know. <laughs> Three times throughout the book, you get these asides that are like called Volknar's tale, Chilendria's tale, Frangine's tale, and they're not necessarily tales about those people, but they're tales that they tell. Volknar's happens to be about him. Uh, Chalindria's tale is about the entire history of Bavmorda and Finrazel, which is very important. Finrazel was the youngest sorceress ever. From her birth, all who attended on her mother knew she participated in the mystery, for the animals came to her. She traveled the world on animals' backs and uh, was instructed by sorcerers from all over as a child. She would disappear, and her parents knew that because she was magically bound, it was okay for her to disappear, but she would go off and travel the world and and be schooled uh, and so on. But as she grew older, the world of man kind of encroached on her fantasy world that she was living in. And she met a boy who happened to be the prince of oh. Um And uh, Bavmorda, she also came from Tirislene. And she was similarly gifted, not quite as young as Finn Rizal, But Bavmorda's power found tides deeper than Rizal's and blended into darker seas. Bavmorda and her power seduced the prince away from Finn Rizal, and they did savage things like make love in caves and so on and uh <laughs>
5: just drop it in there like th- it's <laughs> yep um
1: in, in losing the prince rizel turned back to sorcery and rose over passion to compassion and uh became a stronger sorceress for it but uh Bavmorda, when the king and queen died she took over tears animals started dying monsters started living in the crevices of the, the place and eventually she started building Nokmar and abandoned it And she sealed Tears' lean inside of a labyrinth, which you see in the film for a hot second. They don't really comment on it. The labyrinth is in the form of a canyon. Yeah,
5: like that canyon they went through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That canyon
1: they go through, though. They talk about it in the book, like you know, leading up to it. Oh, yeah, and Tears' leans inside of a labyrinth. It doesn't really play out. It's just a canyon that they're in, but it is in fact a uh, impassable labyrinth that they get through. And at the end of it, they find. a wall of thorns that they have to set on fire using a, a incantation that Willow does, and Mad Morgan has to join in in a a charm spell because they need combined powers, and that which was weird. They jump through the burning wall, and then it's left to be a burning wall so the Nockmar troops can't get through. It's like the more you keep telling me, the more I'm just like,
5: this is freaking crazy, <laughs> yeah. but in a good way. Yeah,
1: uh, Frangine's <laughs> tale is actually a tale about Mad Morgan's origin story, which is admittedly the weakest link in the entire thing mad martigan's uh, story it's it's passable but it's at one point it's so confusing that I, the book doesn't even actually offer an answer for it exactly he's uh mad Mardigan and eric both grew up in galadorn mad Mardigan was a reckless son of noble folk and he ran off to with the galadorian horsemen and plainsmen and he learned to hunt and fight from them he became a knight at 12 um <laughs> figures uh but in time he was disgraced uh and his knighthood oath was broken and this is over a girl and if i summarize it like that that's sure whatever they attempt to describe that whole thing. He had some he had some crazy dream and the girl was a princess and she he wasn't supposed to tell her about the dream, but he told her about the dream, and then she broke up with them, and she told the other people, and then, ah, his, and then his oath was broken, and I'm like, I can't, I reread it several times. I can't make sense of it at all. Whatever. Then he gallivanted around being a selfish adventurer or whatever. Eric tries to bring him back in the fold. Um, They're fighting Knockmore troops, and Mad Mardigan deserts him in battle, and that's why they why got bad the blood. Cage. That's not yeah. why he's in the cage. That is why they have bad blood, though. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, it's
4: the animosity that leads up to, you know, them kind of reconciling.
1: And then one last cool thing uh, they actually end up going to the cave that the elves lived in, the metal workers that um Volknar was talking about, on their way to Tears Lane, they're all skeletons, they've all been brutalized, they're all dead.
5: Now, did I imagine this Lines. or is there in fact a tabletop role-playing book? Shut up. What? Did I I'm asking, did I don't know. Did I, I, I have ma- no idea. I could have sworn that uh, I saw online that there is a tabletop role playing book for the for the world of Willow. Let's That's get not it. what it's called. But if any listeners happen to know what I'm talking about, if you send it to us, we might just have to record the results. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously, <laughs> this because this this universe is so freaking huge. I had no idea that it went so far beyond.
1: Um, and Brandon dropped a bomb on me. There was a there was a Willow game on the NES. It's yeah. a role playing game. I had no idea. So I was reading all this, and I'm like, okay, either this this author um, Wayland Drew, maybe he took some liberties. Uh, I don't know. But it seems to me it's so rich, and it makes so much sense. That he must have been presented with a script and a Bible for the film. Right, right. I, I thought, oh, shit, we should interview him. Unfortunately, he's dead. Oh. oh. He died in the, in the late 90s. Um, so that's off the table. Maybe we'll find some answers someday, figure out how much of this is authentically true to, to it. But I feel like this book can be trusted to be the ultimate version of what Willow could have been.
5: What the original
1: idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pretty cool
5: stuff. You sold me. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it... <laughs>
4: I mean, I loved Willow before. It already seemed like it was just part of a rich tapestry, and now it's just more of the tapestry has been reviewed.
1: Yeah, it's neat to know that they were at least thinking about making a film in the scope of Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings film, whether or not they could attempt it. They got as close as they could. I and mean, it for awesome. its time, was, it kind
4: of was. Yeah. I mean, you look at what's what was crazy to me is rewatching the film, all the different extras they had, because these days you have a crowd scene. It's like six or seven people and then CG crowd. I mean, especially in the Elwyn village, all the different people. Yeah,
1: the the Elwynn village was uh, crazy. And I mean, Kenny Baker was actually one of the Nellwyn. Well, of course, every vertically challenged actor in the entire world was in the Nolan Village.
2: It was the second biggest casting for Little People since um, Wizard Wizard of Oz.
1: I'm surprised it didn't outdo Wizard of Oz and Little People, but all right, you know.
5: No, it's, that's, that's just a good, what I was a good told. fact Is to it know. still the biggest one since then? Like, is oh, there anybody yeah, any
4: since? Yeah, no,
2: before? that's definitely the biggest. Especially
4: things, in sorry. the Warwick Davis video it, diaries, just kind of seeing oh them
1: play around with each other,
4: it's it's fantastic. And
1: another reason to check out the uh, Val Kilmer Warwick Davis Blu-ray thing is that they uh, they make some interesting digs at Lord of the Rings, and it's ha. it's really funny. Uh, so, Doug whereabouts do you think we are with uh the willow watch level like what what level we're at right now the dvd just came out the
5: dvd came out there's no word on any new feature film there's really no word on comic books the books are, they've been out for a while. We're sticking with Rocked up for the time yeah. being. If there is a tabletop role hopefully playing hopefully game,
1: these sales for the for the Willow DVD will be you know way up there. Yeah.
5: If we can find that there's a tabletop role playing game or a book about that universe or whatever, and if we if we play it, we might have to raise the level up a little bit because that's too if, good if, to pass. If up. we
1: play it, because I will we will actually raise the Willow. No, watch we, watch. that,
5: that <laughs> that's that's our job with Willow Watch is to raise <laughs> the attention to raise the level. Yeah. That's the whole point. Okay.
1: Well, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, that's that's what we're here for. We're here to see Willow sequels, exactly, and prequels, <laughs> and tie-ins, um, and everything, and everything. Now, and my, ultimately, a theme
2: park. Disney, are you <laughs> listening?
1: <laughs> so, something that I'm curious about, and I, we're not going to have the answer for it now, but I need I need to know this Willow DVD release. There's no Disney logo on it anywhere.
5: Not that I saw.
1: I don't know what that means. They purchased Lucasfilm. Uh, the film was made in cooperation with 20th Century Fox. So, 20th Century Fox, their logo's on that. Lucasfilm's logo's on that. Disney's nowhere to be seen. Presumably would be um we know they don't have indiana jones so it's a gray area it's a a gray area i don't know if maybe maybe the lucasfilm branding is enough but you know presumably what they said was we bought lucasfilm that should mean everything 20th century fox we're gonna get to the bottom of it we gotta we gotta find out we gotta Mm. find out we don't know I don't know who the heck we have to talk to 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 find that out. We will uh, find them. We will find it. We'll send some
2: Bothans or some brownies. We'll get this figured (laughs) out. We'll send Bothans with brownies. That'll be a bribe. So, this concludes Willow Watch.
1: And it also concludes State of the Empire. We'll be right along here with you, sucking in the latest Star Wars news and uh, (laughs) giving you our uh, insights on how we perceive the further development of the Star Wars universe so, uh, stay tuned for the next episode and thank you for listening. What you got for us, Hex?
2: Well, I was recently introduced to a really cool Star Wars themed mashup by a gentleman named Clayton, who I met back at Star Wars Celebration 5. We had a bonding experience when we stayed in line overnight to go see the George Lucas versus Jon Stewart debate, oh. uh, which was kind of a letdown from what they were promising, but that's neither here nor there. Clayton was a really cool guy. And he, oh, when we were at PAX East last year, And had an open call for a uh, nerdy show meetup, he showed up. Oh. And we got to hang out again. So Clayton and I have since been Facebook pals, and uh, he introduced me to this awesome mashup track by Ramuthra called Star Wars Return of the Jazz, which is a mashup of Noise Tank's remix of the Cantina Band and Parlov Stellar's Chambermaid song. It is amazingly jazzy. Really fun, and I think y'all are going to definitely enjoy it. Let's do it. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Hex. Bye, I'm Doug. Bye, I'm Tony.
3: Bye, I'm Matt.
6: Cut
1: all that shit out It's gonna be me I, I'm the one who edits over the weekends This is coming out on
6: Monday Sorry Cap That's okay
2: You guys apologize too Sorry Cap Thank you
1: <laughs> um, Me
4: so I apologize for that <laughs> Are You really want me to apologize? <laughs> you really we want me to apologize?
7: Bro, thanks for listening to Nerdy Show.
1: Nerdy Show is made possible by a comic shop. Nerdapalooza, and the generous support of listeners like you. <laughs> uh, as listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by, like, telling a friend and rating and reviewing us on iTunes, or making a contribution to our monthly support drives, right? Uh, any size contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show audio and images, and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com support to chip in, you know? For more episodes of Nerdy Show, as well well as other fine programming community forums videos like articles and like more you head over nerdy show.com you can subscribe to all our totally tubular nerdy show podcasts via the itunes store and for the latest news follow us on all your favorite social networks (laughs) yay